When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery, the podcast where we watch the movies that you tell us to. And this time around, uh, we watched a movie from 2016, Mm. Sinister Squad. No more Asylum movies. No more. Nah, it's fine. No. I like torturing you. They're not even torture. They're just boring. The reason I say no more Asylum movies is because there's usually very little to talk about at the end. You're just like, yeah, a bunch of fucking dumb idiots argued in a building. <laughs> you're supposed Aww. to think they were interesting and they're not. Aw, Jeff, you're so angry. <laughs> Aw. I'm just being, I'm not angry. I'm firm. I'm disappointed. I, yeah. I'm all, <laughs> this is dad stuff. I'm disappointed uh, that you chose to watch an Asylum movie. Well, this uh, was one of the films that was actually sent to us. So it was on the list twice. I did roll... Three times. Normally, we have our list of movies that we do, and we will roll randomly. If you send us the movie in a physical copy, it goes on the list twice, so there's a better chance. Yeah. This time around, I rolled ones that we were supposed to have physical copies of three times, and I could not find two of those physical copies, and both of them I could not find to watch online either. Yeah. I was just like... Oh, wow. These just don't exist. Yeah. I mean, I, one of them was definitely my fault because it was sitting in my room for a long time. I don't think it survived a recent like remodel of it. I get, just kind of got swept away by someone else. So my apologies. The other one, I'm pretty sure went to you because I had no recollection of it yeah, whatsoever. I should have the other one on my shelf somewhere. I think we probably need to drop that policy just because I don't have any fucking DVDs. So if you send me one, it's not like I just put it on my DVD shelf until later. I just set it somewhere and forget that I that that happened because well that's why it gets sent to me now it does yeah to go to you if you want but yeah but you lost one too no I've got it somewhere <laughs> I have a big box of fucking DVDs that mm-hmm. it is in okay but it also sounded not as interesting to talk about because this almost one almost certainly incorrect oh almost certainly is though given what I saw from the other one <laughs> but this is of course. An asylum film that is a mockbuster in, you know, the grand tradition of transmorphers and so on. Snakes on a train. Yeah. You know what you know what they fucking make. Films that your grandma accidentally gets you. Yeah. Except now that we live in the world of no one gets physical media anymore, it's just there to essentially trick people in streaming or for us. It's, it's, it's just for us. It does the same thing as the low-budget A24 horror releases. Like, like Puka and stuff like that, where it's not so much that it's meant to trick people anymore as it is that, like, uh, fucking Paramount Plus or uh, Hulu or whatever needs, when you go to the horror section or the adventure section, to you'd be able to scroll past the basic ones and just keep scrolling and make it look like they have lots of content. Amazon Prime is a big one of this, too. They don't, you don't actually watch these. They just exist so something looks full. Uh, That's the point of these now. I mean, I have to assume every single one of these hopes, obviously, they're like, if we can just hit that Birdemic or that Sharknado or 
you know, the uh, room. Sure, yeah. If we can just be bad on a level that we can get notoriety that people can recognize us on name. Yeah, like the trick with Birdemic in the room is that they're made by outside weirdos. You know, like outsider weird. Like they're both two guys who are like, I know how to make movies. No one's going to tell me I don't. And I've got money. Yeah. And then they went on like the the room, of course, Wiseau went on to make other things, but the magic was gone. And then that guy, I forget his name, Juan or something, I don't who know. makes the uh, the Birdemic movies, has made three of them now, and they are the same movie. He, even if they give you, even if you give him extra money, he will just spit out the same product again. Yeah. A weird little business nerd talks to a lady for a long time about their weird shared interests. It goes on far too long. They do some awkward walking. Birds attack. The end. Yeah, I mean it's. It's why, at first, the whole mockbuster thing, it was like, oh yeah, this is definitely, in the blockbuster age, the ability to trick people into getting this. Yeah, and none of them have ever done it. Like, you'd think they'd eventually hit the point where they're like, oh, you know what, fucking, like, Hunter versus Alien didn't fool anyone, and it did not become a cult classic. But I assume it makes enough money on people like us, people having bad movie nights, yeah. people who are specifically like, oh... This looks so stupid, I need to watch it. Yeah. That they're like, oh, it's worth it to dump these out because it costs zero dollars to make. Yeah, and that's what's always so wild to me is that they they have hit the point where they are selling themselves to people, like you said, like us, who do bad movie nights and have a good time at them and want to watch things like, you know, Miami Connection and stuff, where which is infinitely more interesting to watch than stuff like this. Well, that is, I believe, correct, because something like Neil Breen, who has... Movies that are absolutely maddeningly impenetrable and, but yet similar amongst them are because it is that same sort of birdemic guy where you're yeah. like, this person has a vision, but has not gotten to the point where they're like, haha, I'm in on the joke. Yeah. Cause as soon as you go, haha, I'm in on the joke, it sucks. Oh yeah. Breen is a weirdo in that he absolutely won't. Like he won't even let people, like theaters that, that offer to play his movies. He has a policy that they can't start later than nine so that they don't become midnight movies. Exactly. Like he is dead serious about everything. And that's the only way you can get a movie that's like, oh, this is great because the people behind it were trying. Whereas yeah. you can tell when you watch something like Sinister Squad, you're like, oh, uh, they saw a trailer for Suicide Squad come out and went, what can we do in the next month yeah, that uh, will make a movie uh, with that name? And I don't want you to think that that's me showing some sort of weird respect for Breen and his like purity or whatever. The dude's like a misanthropic God complex lunatic. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't that's trust what you him to be in the same weird state movies. as me. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have that level of overly invested with a very clear weird vision yeah and here this is just predatory this is not there's no weird vision there's no like outsider story it wasn't lost for 20 years and found again like like uh new york ninja or something like that it's just merkin or it's just mercenary marketing bullshit it's yeah. just, it just sucks yeah it's it is just there to be like we need a name that we can slap on this yeah. that will get us some views and enough money to make it back. And, I mean, it's also weird because it ends up being different from, say, normally when you would think of these from, like, say, the 90s or the early 2000s even, when you would think about, like, oh, the low-budget, zero-dollar schlock horror usually leaned so much heavier on, like, 
the TNA. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is an excuse to show boobs, and that's how you're getting people to rent it, is because they are they know that they'll be able to see some tits. Yeah, either do the tits or the gore. Because I don't remember, I know that Terrifier 2 was a big deal fairly recently, but I'm pretty sure Terrifier itself is a perfect example of that, like, this is a, no, a, a zero-budget movie, and it wins you over by buckets of caro syrup. Huh. Yeah, because that's usually your director for a thing like that is either, oh, I need to have some sex appeal in this in order to keep people to watch it yeah. and to watch it again, or there's someone who's like, I'm obsessed with that sort of, you know, exploitation horror thing, and I want to just throw buckets of blood at the screen. I'm sure th- uh, that uh, the only thing stopping Asylum from pretty much putting shirt popping into their is, is that they have found that PG-13 does better. And that's oh, I it. assume that we have to pay more if we're going to put nudity in there, yeah. and this cannot have a budget over $200. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, We're going to pay for these people's lunch for the day. Boobs aren't expensive, is the thing. In, in, in filmmaking, they're not. It's, it's, uh, what, the real cost of them is that now your movie is hard R, and you can't sell it to a certain segment. Yeah. Nice PG-13 or soft R movies make a lot more money, or I guarantee you, you'd have tits a-popping all the way through all of these. <laughs> tits a-popping. Yeah. Like, they added them to Snakes on a Plane. There weren't tits in it originally, and then they were like, oh, we got to add more footage, and they went through and added a single shot of boobs so that, I, I guess, so that they'd have all the hallmarks. Yeah. Because you got it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this movie's bad. It's called sucks. Sinister Squad. Yeah, it's Sinister it's, Squad. You know it's yet. bad. Yeah. We did. I said it. Oh, did you? Okay, I yeah. think you just said what it was, kind of. No. All right. Uh, I bet you can guess exactly what it's a mockbuster of. Yeah, because I already said that, too. Yeah, but it's also more than that, isn't it? <laughs> it is also... Oddly, a sequel in a line of mockbusters that Asylum did, which is wild that they would do that, given how mercenary and just for the ability to get it out there this is. They had a Avengers mockbuster that is called Avengers Grimm, mm-hmm. and that is a fairy tale princesses are the Avengers in this one. So, you know, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, Rapunzel all get together and they have to fight Rumpelstiltskin who breaks a magic mirror and comes to our world. That's the Avengers story. Yeah. Sinister Squad picks up after that with Rumpelstiltskin still in our world, but with different fairy tale creatures in it this time. Mm -hmm. And we're doing it from a villain sort of angle because yeah. we're doing a suicide squad which, thing which weirdly means that this one manages to be a mockbuster of suicide squad a sequel to a mockbuster of avengers but also a sidebar uh, mockbuster of a tv show yes because the avengers grim was also very clearly put out with the once upon a time show in mind yeah because all of the things they had picked for that movie were like oh this is all the stuff that's in that show yeah and then there was another there is a sequel to this that is the avengers grim time wars Mm -hmm. and that is again rumpelstiltskin it has the alice from this movie and then some other characters from the other movie it's what honestly it's fucking wild to me that this exists and that it is just a weird mashup of four things what isn't wild is the actual movie because it sucks ass yes But we'll get into how it does that right after we play a little music and we discuss 2016's Sinister Squad. Yeah, all right, my flow sinister. 
Yeah, I write my flow sinister. Never lied in my rhymes. You can go ask Jennifer. That's my mom's name. I create and find change. My mind frame is sure. Back. It is time to discuss the sinister. Well, just Sinister Squad hmm. instead of the Sinister Squad, yeah, which of a, course was a, a reboot of the, Sinister Squad. Yeah, the next one. It's a semi-reboot because they included characters from the original in it. <laughs> uh, the Suicide Squad is. An okay movie, but boy, is it ever f- part of a confusing fucking disaster of a of a studio timeline. Yeah, well. <laughs> Honestly, I really wanted, before Warner Brothers fucking gave up and sold everything to James Gunn and called it a day, I really wanted them to start doing that thing that only horror movies do, where they're like, uh, yeah, this one's a sequel to Man of Steel, but not to Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, because as a director, I thought that movie cheapened the vision. Oh, I love that about horror movies, where they're like, what is this, the fifth movie in a series? Uh, the third and the fourth didn't happen. And you're yeah. like, how can you just decide? Fine, and sure. And I feel like an idiot for even saying that, that that was about horror movies, because fucking Superman already did it itself. Because the fucking uh, Brandon Routh one is a sequel yeah, to Man Superman 1 and 2, but not 3 and 4. Yeah. No, not Man of Steel. Superman uh, 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 Returns. Oh, Superman Returns. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. a sequel to t- Superman 2, but not to Superman 3. Which, again, wild that people get away with that. That yeah. you can just be like, no, I want to use some of the bits, but not all the bits. I mean, I get why, because Superman 3 and 4 are d- fucking dire canon films. No See, way, man. Golden Globus shit. I mean, because then you got to explain whatever happened to fucking Richard Pryor and his computer hacker patent impression skiing down buildings character. No, you don't. You never have to discuss that again. <laughs> Superman's uh, not going to sit down and be like, let me tell you about my previous exploits real quick. As was, uh, as happened when I had to fight Nuclear Man on the moon. Yeah. And his nails had, like, lightning between them. God bless <laughs> Nuclear Man's lightning nails. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Let's get back to, or two, in the first place, Sinister Squad. Now, we've already mentioned the basic idea of what was going on previously in this, since this is semi a sequel mm-hmm. but for some reason they've just kind of thrown out the original idea and now instead of rumpelstiltskin being the villain because he is the villain in the avengers grim movies both yeah. of them they're, they're anti-heroing him here he's yeah he gets to be basically the oh i'm leading up the bad guys but i'm still sort of the anti-hero good guy yeah but that's because they have stripped him of all of his powers. Apparently, Rumpelstiltskin has super influence powers where if he tells someone to do something, they have to do it. Which I assume is because of the curse where he like forces someone to spin straw forever or whatever. No, he doesn't force anyone to do anything. He allows a Miller's daughter to spin straw into gold in order to get married, but once her firstborn as payment oh, that's for right. that that's all it was it wasn't that he made her keep doing it for forever he just wanted her do- her, her uh, kid so that was the whole thing and then he was like oh i'll give you three nights to guess my name and then if you do then you can be free of this yeah two of the characters in this movie just have the ability to make people do whatever they tell them it's weird because when it first started and you're like Oh, and his eyes flash purple. I'm like, okay, so you're Purple Man. Rumpelstiltskin is just Purple Man. Yeah. That's fine. Only Purple Man usually has his powers, and here we do, here he does not. Yeah, he has it for the very beginning, because he meets Pied Piper. Yeah, our, our, our uh, starters are... Because this is Suicide Squad, so you've got to have an Amanda Waller, and you've got to have a uh, Colonel Rick Flagg. 
and, and Katana, uh, whose sword uh, keeps the souls of everyone it kills. I would not advise fucking with her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she's got my back. She's got his back, exactly. So you need those three characters. And so here, those three characters are Alice from Alice in Wonderland as the Amanda Waller, uh, fucking Pied Piper as your Colonel Rick Flagg, and uh, Goldilocks as sort of the Katana, but also sort of the Harley Quinn. Well, really, I feel like they kind of wanted the Queen of Hearts to be the Harley Quinn, because when they introduced her, it was very like, she's our secret weapon, because she's insane. Yeah. And you're like, no, it no, it isn't. She's your secret weapon because she has mind control powers. She's your secret weapon because she has the same power Rumpelstiltskin does, only she has it. Yeah. Rumpelstiltskin apparently had this power and still sort of has the ability to do it when we first meet him, because he meets up with... Piper, we he they never call him the Pied Piper, but you know you can read between the lines. Well, they only call Goldilocks Goldie as well. Yeah, uh, but she and they both of them have like references to their stories without saying anything about it. I think the closest I remember from Goldie was the part where she says this knife is just right or something like that. Yeah, I mean you get that and her talking about like oh I've lived with worse beasts. And, oh yeah, okay, yeah, and of course Piper just has a few things where. Oddly enough, instead of referencing rats, he references mice, mm-hmm. which is fine, I guess. Also, he's got the pipe, but it's just a blowgun. Yeah. He never uses it for anything else. You'd think, oh, you should, I don't know, maybe use that. But that would require uh, animals to show up, yeah. and either they would be the shitty CGI ones, or you'd need to pay a, an animal handler. I mean, he can also use the pipe on people. That's how the story ends. I mean, he can use it on children. Uh, we don't know that he, I think he was targeting children, but maybe he can use it on everyone. It's not like he wanted the adults to follow him out of town. He hates those guys. Of course, that just gives us a third mind exactly. control character. That's why they didn't do it, because they were like, oh, we're kind of running heavy on mind control characters, and two of them already just shouldn't have mind control. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do a ripoff of Once Upon a Time, just be like, yeah, Rumpelstiltskin has generic magic. It's fine. Yeah, that's perfect. He's a fucking leprechaun. C- call it a day. But instead, he has mind control, uh, but he has lost it because when he broke the magic mirror, it sucked a bunch of fairy tale people into the real world. Mm-hmm. And uh, since he has been here, he has been losing his power, but the only way for him to get it back is is to get shards of the magic mirror, and that lets him juice himself up a little. Yes. So we start with it being a classic drug, drug addict thing. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, man, uh, I where's Hans? Hans is supposed to get me my stuff. Yeah, which, you know, another little reference to a, to a fairy tale author. Um, I mean, that or Hansel, either way. Oh, it could have been Hansel. I, I was picturing Hans Christian Andersen. Um, but... You know, it turns out it's a, it's actually a sting. It's actually the P- Piper who's here to collect him. The two of them have a very uninteresting fight, and he is captured. Yeah, they well, he tells him to freeze because Rumpelstiltskin needs to run away because our actual big bad for this is death. Yes. Wild that in all of the various fairy tale things you could imagine, you're like, ah, who's the biggest bad we could do? I don't know, death? The, the concept of death? Like, what? Also, he can't show up here, and he has cultists, but all of... And his power is to possess the cultists after they die if one of the other characters, like, brings them back. Yeah. But apparently, all of the cultists are the same guy because they couldn't pay to be like, 
oh, each of the cultists is a different guy that have to act the same way because death is possessing them. Instead, death possesses a cultist and it just becomes the same actor every yeah, time. I, I assume that's why the cultists all wear heavy face masks is so that you don't have to reveal that, you know, they all looked different until their death and then they all look like the same guy. Yeah. It's not that he's got clones or something. But who would you say, if you were, if you were to replace him with a makes sense uh, fairy tale guy, who would you go with? I mean, the weird thing is, one of the obvious main ones you would do, they have as a side character in here. Mm -hmm. So uh, they have Karabos, which is the classic name of the wicked fairy from uh, Sleeping Beauty. Sure, sure. Instead of Maleficent. Instead of Maleficent, which is a Disney creation, her normal old style name was Karabos. Right. And instead, she's just a witch. Yeah. And has no connection to that story at all. No, instead she's supposed to be based very loosely on the Enchantress villain from Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, but by very loosely, I mean they put in fake shark teeth and gave heavy her makeup. heavy makeup and just had her scream everything. And, and she is incoherent. And uh, that was the one where I was like, oh, that's an interesting pick that you could do for an overarching villain. And be- because when they went to get her, it was like, Oh, she's in love with death. And I'm like, okay, that makes her the enchantress. Yeah. She's going to be the one that like breaks out of the squad and goes and they have to stop her. Yeah. It, but no, it, she ends up just sort of being a side character in this. I mean, she does, uh, unless I, 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 for various technical reasons I'll go into when we get there, have not seen the last three to four minutes of this film. Which is fine. Which is, I, I'm sure it's more of the same and I don't feel like I missed a thing. Ah. But there were reasons, there were good reasons for me to not keep trying. And uh, we'll talk about free V and how it works in a little while. Um, now, but, so I don't know, but but she seems to be pretty much a hardcore bad guy on death's side, right up to the point where I couldn't watch it anymore. Yes, but she just doesn't do much. No, she she's pathetic. Is her whole deal? The weirdest thing to me is we establish later in the film when they actually catch her that sh- death is only possessing these bodies. When she wakes them up with death in them. There are other people who can do it too, but yes. Who? Alice does it once. And also he shows up at the beginning to bother Rumpelstiltskin in the alley and, and the witch isn't even No, that's there. just a cultist. Oh, but he looked exactly, he looked this, like the same yes, guy. Yes, I know, because they only have one guy to be every cultist. Ah, uh, okay. And <laughs> that's the weird question I have is, he gets cornered by some cultist who's like, Hey, death wants to talk to you. And then he slits uh, his own right. slits yeah, his yeah, own yeah. throat. And I was like, oh, then death should show up. I was like, that's very clever. The only way you can have death show up is he kills himself, and that's going to summon death. Yeah. But instead, nothing happens. Piper shows up, walks away with the guy. The cultist never stands back up. And then we establish when we get Karabas captured that it was like, Oh, yeah, she's the one who's summoning death into these bodies. Yeah, well, anyone can do it. You just need, like, an, an egg and a couple of cc's of mouse blood. <laughs> it's just that she has them available. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Big difference. She has a big bag of eggs. Big bag of eggs. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... See, I can do references, too. It's great. Let me make a mockbuster. No. <laughs> so, uh... The number of magic, I'll call it. <laughs> For those who don't know, Discworld, Terry Pratchett references. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they just sort of grab Rumpelstiltskin and then 
Hannibal Lecter him because they're like, oh, he has the power to like make people do things when he talks to them. So they put him in just one of those like restraining face masks. It's a little more gothy looking than an actual Hannibal Lecter face mask. And also, it's really funny because, you know, how they restrain Hannibal Lecter's fucking hands so he can't just take the mask off? They don't bother with that here. I guess no. he's just on, like, the honor system. Yeah, it's just, hey, don't take that off. Please don't take that off and use your powers on us. And he's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, they get brought in. As was mentioned, the head of this is Alice, who is from this world. So she's like, oh, yeah, I visited the fairy tale world but i'm from here so i have a stake in keeping these creatures out of this world right so here's the question that that brings up is she just doing a bit then she has no powers as far as i can tell she never does anything powerful um so i mean neither does goldilocks or fucking piper that's true neither of them does anything either so is it just a bit that they're acting like fantasy characters or is it supposed to be a thing that they are those characters they are those characters right so, but they're from this world and not... No, Alice is from this world because she goes to Wonderland. That's her story. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, she's the one who goes there. But does that mean that Goldilocks and the Piper are from the Fairyland world? Yes. They, do they establish that? Yes. Okay. They say they got sent here as well. But they decided to just be good guys. Well, they are they good are, they're guys. They're just good guys in the first place. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, except I, if Piper's you look at... certainly not. I mean, that's the thing is I was like, it's a weird pick because both of those stories are someone being terrible to other people. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I can make a pretty strong argument that Goldilocks fucking sucks, too. So, yeah, I'm like, weird pick for your two hero characters here. We're like, oh, yeah, our big heroes, the guy who stole all the children from a town because they stiffed his bill and someone who does a B&E and eats all your shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, we couldn't afford Cinderella, but we brought in her heroic sisters, Anastasia and Drizella. <laughs> they're, they're bad guys. No, not if you've seen Cinderella 3, A Stitch in Time. Then you know <laughs> and we one, think you have. And only one of them is a bad guy in that. Ugh. But they bring in Rumpelstiltskin, and that is when we get a quick show of the other couple people that they have, because we aren't going to get into them going and getting them. They have the big bad wolf, mm-hmm. which is just a buff guy with some fake underbite teeth. Really bad fake underbite teeth. And that's it. That's Unless it. you want to count Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I mean, we've got Tweedledee and Tweedledum, which is just one guy. So they didn't manage to, you know, have the, they don't have twins money. Yeah. And we also get the Mad Hatter is there. Yeah. He won't show up until much, much later in the film, but he is, he will show up eventually. And then Goldie has a mission to go get Bluebeard from the Bluebeard's Bride stuff. Unless that's just the name of the RPG. No, that's the story of Bluebeard. Okay, good. Where he murders his wives. Yeah. And for some reason, that is considered a fairy tale. Yes. So he's around, but they've decided that... (laughs) First of all, the Bluebeard is literal. Yeah, he has a literal Bluebeard. Uh-huh. Sure, fine. Uh Uh-huh. But also, his knives give him power every time he kills someone. A woman. And he refers to them as his wives. Yes. Yeah, but he only kills women. And he can kill guys, but it doesn't give him any power. Well, we don't know that. 
He says it towards the beginning. They, they ask, or he doesn't say it, but it's said about him when they're talking. They do the briefing on him. Well, they just say, "Oh, he's killed a bunch of women, and he gets power every time he does it." Yeah, they don't say he doesn't get anything from men. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Maybe he just isn't into it. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's very clearly from the story only into killing ladies. Yes, but he, I guess, is supposed to be super strong or powerful because towards the end he does get into a fight with the big bad wolf who is super strong he's really good with his knives and i suppose that's enough i mean that pretty much puts him at the level of like the captain boomerang of the team but the knives are supposed to be mystically powerful that he gets more powerful as he kills with them right so it's like oh it's not just like this is our knife guy it's also oh if he has his knives then he has superpowers or yeah, whatever. But, but you can count the number of people he kills in the movie on no hands, so I don't think that that power will matter or come up. <laughs> I mean, he does. He kills at least two people? Who does he, did he kill the, one of the Tweedles? Someone killed one of the Tweedles, that much I remember. I don't think he kills anyone else. Uh, I mean, he definitely kills the Big Bad Wolf. You yeah. didn't watch the end of the movie. Oh, does he, the Big Bad Wolf succumb to his wounds eventually? Because I see him stab the Big Bad Wolf to death, and then him just get up and run around again. And I'm like, oh, he's fine. All right, never mind. Yeah, he stabs him again. He stabs him again. Okay, fair. All right, so he gets at least one kill. But whatever, because unless he immediately gets a big old Goku power burst right then and there, we still don't learn nothing. No. It's, it is a weird thing, because his, his knife, like, glows purple when Goldie picks it up. She's like, oh, I can feel power in this. And then it comes again later in the movie where he's like, ooh, I've got I've got superpowers from my knife, and it glows purple. But nothing ever happens. He just stabs people. It's He doesn't do anything. Plus, he carries a lot of knives. He has these two that are like his special bride knives or whatever. But also, half of the stuff he does in this movie is him with just using regular-ass throwing knives from one of those, like, throwing knife pouches you'd buy from the back of, like, Gun and Fortune magazine. Yeah. He's got, like, mini kunai that he got off yeah. of some, I like, don't know, mall, mall kiosk. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the weapons in this look like they bought them from a mall. Especially Death Scythe, which is embarrassing. Oh, I've never Death seen Scythe fucking... looks like it came from fucking Spirit Halloween. It's, a, it's Tactical. They made a Tactical Scythe. Huh? It's got a bunch of serrations and holes in it so that the knife goes faster and shit. It's, it, I'm surprised it doesn't, they don't unscrew the handle at some point and reveal 30 yards of fishing line. <laughs> uh, Waterproof container for one match. So they get Bluebeard and uh, Big Bad Wolf. Then they go and pick up Carabas, the witch. I don't know why they, if you're going to use the name of it, Say she's a wicked fairy, right. but no, she's a witch. She's a cannibal witch, and they never, ever establish why they're even bothering. She's out of her goddamn mind. She she will never play ball. Well, no, this is just... Unlike the Suicide Squad, instead of this being, we are gathering them for a purpose, Alice is like, we need to get these yeah, bad guys off the streets. We're just catching them because they're bad guys. Yes. And I thought for sure, if you were going to do a cannibal witch... You do the Hansel and Gretel witch. Yeah, sure. Or Baba Yaga. You do someone that's a witch yeah. that is canonically a cannibal. I'm pretty sure that the moment they were like, well, we should do the Hansel and Gretel witch, they were like, isn't she like famously a witch, like visibly a witch? So we can't, given that this character is kind of the one where we're going to show the most upskirt shots and shit, we, we got, she's got to be someone hot and at the very least someone unknown. Uh, I mean, uh, the Tales from the Dark Side movie, the... Hansel and Gretel witch and that was still a very attractive woman so That's you can do it yeah I'm sure and I'm sure in the Hansel and Gretel movie she probably was as well 
Oh, wait, no, that's after they killed her in that movie. The fucking, you remember what I'm talking yes. about? The Jeremy Renner movie? Yeah. Yeah. I think she's already dead because they're like grownups in that. Yeah, they're, they're, now like, they're monster hunters. They're just monster hunters, yeah. But This might be a mockbuster of that. Who knows? <laughs> they, so instead of it being the the wicked fairy, it is instead just a cannibal witch. So they're just sort of mashing up a bunch of shit for her. But she is... In love with death, because we also need someone to be a Thanos here. <laughs> That's not, that'd be a mockbuster of seventies comics, and not not because Thanos isn't in love with death in the in the MCU. Well, yeah, but this came out shame. Uh, concurrent with Age of Ultron, yeah. so we had not actually learned that they weren't going to do that That's with true. Thanos. They could have been planning. They, they could have been like, they've got to do the whole he's in love with death. Thing. They already did I, the courting I'm, death line. I'm an avid Deadpool reader. I I know about this. I've read Infinity War. I know what he's doing. I know what he's doing, and I want that part where Deadpool starts dating death, and it just makes Thanos so mad. Oh, that's way later. I know. He's definitely into death way before Deadpool gave a fuck. That's what makes it so delicious. <laughs> so he's been, delicious. He's been into death for years, and then along comes Deadpool, who's like, eh, I'll throw her a shot. <laughs> and he's like, ugh. Like, turning Thanos into an incel is the greatest thing that Marvel really has done in years. <laughs> With like, you can't date him, he's an asshole! You should date a nice, crazy dictator space alien monster. I killed half the people in the world for you! I carried the planet of printers to your house! <laughs> yeah. Good. Hmm? Thank you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> You're welcome. Anyway, they catch her. She's in love with death and is trying to, like, I don't know, make out with a dead cultist because she's like, ooh, death, I'm so horny for you. And he is like, ugh, God, no. <laughs> well, given her whole aesthetic being basically like, let's try and hire someone who kind of looks like Aubrey Plaza, have her bug her eyes re- out real bad. And just put fucking like juggalo makeup on her, except for the except for the foundation part. Just absolute fucking clown show makeup just on there. Plaster her with makeup, and then get her into like 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 a little tiny bathing suit bottom, so we can shove her around into positions where you can see her butt a lot of the time. It's because because <laughs> ba- Suicide Squad. She basically has like, oh, what if I was in a bathing suit and then also a black tutu? Yeah, <laughs> which I gotta admit, I'm making fun of her for for, for them doing mostly upskirt shots with her. It is nothing on the level of what they had Margot Robbie do in that fucking A or Suicide Squad movie. Yes. So, so you know, they're showing a little bit of restraint here. No, they don't linger on anything with her. She's just, like, flopping around, yeah. doing weird motions. It's, when you get the, the, the ass shots of her, it's because she's getting shoved into a prison cell or something. It's not because she decided to stop and purse shop. Exactly. As happens in Suicide Squad. Uh, she gets into a jail cell and... For some reason, that's when they're like, oh, we need to figure out what's going on because Death's Messengers is the cult. Yeah. And they're coming after us and, and we got to we gotta find out what Rumpelstiltskin knows, but he's not playing ball. And there's, man, they rented out one warehouse and this entire movie takes place in that one warehouse. Yeah, or in the alleyway behind it for a couple of the opening scenes where they're capturing people and stuff. Yeah, we get that opening scene with Rumpelstiltskin and then a later scene outside with uh, Bluebeard and uh, yeah. the wolf. And outside of that, it's all inside the warehouse, but it is all just one place that yeah. they are filming in yeah. because they had to do this in one day. <laughs> also, I don't know if it's a problem with Freevee, the service I watched this on, or if it was a problem with the movie itself, but the uh, closed captions are about 
a minute and a half off sync. That's just you. Mine were fine. Me. Okay, good. Because I couldn't understand a word anyone was saying. And then there was that too. And they were a minute and a half ahead, which meant that all I was reading was the stuff that like hadn't happened yet. <laughs> Having a nice little premonition reading on your <laughs> closed captions. Yes. Great. Uh, now, eventually, they get the deaths messengers go to try and assault this warehouse that they're in uh the witch kills tweedle d yeah because he gets too close to the bars but she has managed to get herself out of the straight jacket they put her in because she can you know she's wiggle around and they do a bunch of like bone snapping noises so that you think oh she can like break her own bones to get out it's just because she's crazy enough to do it because you got to remember that fucking harley does that in the first suicide squad movie as well yeah she's just crazy and flexible enough to get out of whatever so she does yeah so she manages to get out and then stabs her hand through tweedle d's junk area and he dies and she gets out Mm -hmm. uh great she i think fucks off and tries to kill a death's messenger so she can talk to death. Yeah. Because she's going to spend most of the rest of the movie skulking around unknown to where everyone else is, uh, killing people and bringing death up and him being like, ugh, what? Don't call me until you've accomplished the goals I gave you. I don't want to talk to you. It's so weird because you very early at like the middle point of this or even earlier have essentially the main present bad guy in Carabas open and out yeah and stalking around but she will do nothing no she just wants to talk to death and and say like marry me death and death is very clearly disinterested uh but he is willing to use her for minor effects now at this point we get probably one of the most out of left field things which is that the queen of hearts is just here now yeah she's just here we do a scene where they send where Alice sends Rumpelstiltskin in to talk to her um, to convince her to join the squad and put on a bomb bracelet, which are supposed to be like the neck things in Suicide Squad. But only those two characters ever have them. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're we're going to have you have this bomb bracelet, Rumpelstiltskin, because we don't trust you. And you need to convince the Queen of Hearts, who up until this point has not been in the movie but apparently is just here now. And they're like, oh, you need to convince her to also put on one of these bracelets. Yeah. And in their their adherence to making sure you don't know what the fuck is happening, unless you happen to have read the Lewis Carroll books recently, you might not know who this is because they just go with her name, Gelda. I mean... And they never... They, they say Queen of Hearts or uh, uh, Queen, of, Queen of Red or something much later in the movie. Well, the... Alice very clearly says when they introduce her, is like, oh, yeah, she's the queen from my land. Oh, that's fair. That's uh, that, Except that that doesn't make, unless she means that land I went to and not that land that's mine, because she's not Alice from Wonderland. She's Alice from Earth who went through the looking glass once. Yeah. So sure, I guess. Look, this movie is not going to ba- maintain any level of consistency or coherence what? within Plus, itself. She doesn't have any fucking Red Queen powers or anything. She wouldn't really have any beyond like being good at flamingo croquet or whatever the fuck. But she's she's mind con- she's she's the purple man again. Yeah, so it's just 
She is the purple man, but only for dudes. Yes. Her power is she can command any guy to do anything she wants. Yes. Which is a weird take on the Queen of Hearts. Very weird. You'd think like, oh, if you want the Queen of Hearts on your team, I would go, oh, instead of having Bluebeard, you should do that. Because then you have a better connection to fairy tales. Plus you give her a big fucking axe. And you give her an axe. Yeah, she's yelling off with her head while she runs around and does stuff. Yeah, you make her a fucking barbarian. Yeah, that'd be fine. Great, but, but instead no. she's just Purple Man too. Ugh. Electric ladies only. But they are apparently in love. They had a relationship because both of them have mind control powers, but the only people they couldn't control were each other. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so... Um, and also, they're, they're sending the depowered Rumpelstiltskin in because he's very he's supposed to be very convincing even without his powers. That's well, it's his, because they had a relationship. Yeah. Um, but he is very good at convincing people to do things, even without his powers, which, you know, I don't know. that, that The thing that they did really well with the Jessica Jones Purple Man was that he sucks at that, because why would he be good at it? Yeah, you don't need to be good at convincing people to do things when you can force them to. Yes. <laughs> but whatever. So, yeah, he they have a whole fucking long-ass dumb scene, and then... He basically is like, I'm working an angle, I need your help to do it, though. Yeah, if if I'm gonna get out of here and we can be together again, you've gotta wear this bracelet. Yeah. And she's sure. like, but I don't want to help them. And he's like, I don't want to help them either. But luckily, they put us in a soundproof room where they're watching us through a one-way mirror, but they can't hear what we're saying. So I can tell you that my plan is to make a deal with death. No, he doesn't say that then. I thought he was like, I have, I'm working angles, I'm going to get us out of here. He might not be saying the death deal, because it doesn't take, it, it takes until death actually confronts him for him yes. to do the deal. Because they can hear him. Yeah. And so he's just like, oh, I, I just need you to put this on so that we can get out of here together. Yeah. And again, even though they call her, her sec- their, their secret weapon and everything, she is worthless. She doesn't want to use her power. She doesn't want to be there. Well, and the, she, ca- she starts fights in every scene she's in. The only thing she does for them is they're like, oh... Because we're being invaded by a bunch of essentially like balaclava wearing mercenaries that are death cultists with machine guns, uh, we need to unleash our villains and have them fight these cultists. But Bluebeard obviously is like, oh, I would just murder everyone here. I don't care. Yeah. So they need her to mind control Bluebeard in order to be a team player. Yes. And everything else she does is just yell at Alice in the middle of speeches and be like, I'm not going to help anybody. Fuck you. Her whole deal is just being petulant and bad and then being like, oh, I'm going to leave. Yeah, but like in a petulantly bad way where she doesn't even really have a goal or anything. She just wants to fuck off. All she wants is another baby. She's gone tomorrow, boy. I just hate that she doesn't hate Alice. Like, if you're establishing that she's from the same world as her, that this is the canonical Alice of Wonderland and the canonical Queen of Hearts of Wonderland, have her be like, I'm going to get your head eventually. Yeah, there's no antagonistic relationship there. They know each other, and she's kind of, you know, I guess sarcastic and mean, but she's that way to everyone. They have no lines of dialogue that mean anything. And again, she did just appear out of nowhere in this script. Yes. They're just like, Anyway, the Queen of Hearts is here. Go talk to her. Yeah, like, like, when? Like How? If, if your protagonist is going to be Alice from Alice in Wonderland and you put the Queen of Hearts in there, it's reasonable to expect that they're going to have some sort of meaningful interaction. Nah. Nah. Otherwise, just use any other fairy tale. It's it's weird. It's very weird. 
The but, only character who has a retinue from their own world really is Alice, because Alice not only has the Red Queen around, who she has nothing to do with, but also the Mad Hatter's in this, Tweedledee and Tweedledum are in this, and she mentions the March Hare at one point, but she's talking to a bobblehead of what is clearly the White Rabbit, Yes, which is also very clearly, and probably my favorite thing about this movie, a painted Colonel Sanders bobblehead. Yes, a Colonel Sanders bobblehead that they, like, real quickie, quickly putty molded rabbit ears for yes and then drew on until it looked like a rabbit instead uh it's it not a terrible job it's just very clearly colonel sanders i love it yeah uh anyway we get a bunch of very shitty fight scenes of these various people going out and fighting for some reason the big bad wolf in here is our sympathetic bad guy who's like, oh, I don't want to be bad, and uh, I, I just have a temper. I'm basically like Feral Hulk. Yeah, he's he's got. I, I mean, if we're if we're matching them to Suicide Squad characters, he's probably Killer Croc. Killer Croc never really wants to do anything that you would expect Killer Croc to do in the Suicide Squad movie. His motivation is to get BET into his cell and a sandwich. Woof. So, I mean, he makes sense here as the one who ends up being like, oh, I'm friendly with Harley, I guess. Yeah, it's. It's weird. He's just like, yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I don't don't trust me because I could, I could be angry at any time and I'm murder people. Oh, it's so and, sad. And they never say he actually does. It's weird. There's like a part where they're like, "Where did you find him?" And because he, he doesn't get an origin story, he's just already in jail. And they're like, "Oh, we found him at the zoo," which explains why they didn't bother filming that. Yep, that would have cost money. Yep, um, eating the animals. Oh, were you? Were you feeding on the animals because you didn't want to hurt people? Mm -hmm. Huh? I'm Goldilocks. I have a special connection with you. Yeah, the two of them are going to have sort of a romantic bond. It It's weird because Goldilocks is basically sort of the romantic interest for both Piper and the wolf. Yeah. Which, whatever. Sure, fine. She's both. That's fine. Harley was sort of the romantic interest for Joker and um, the camera. <laughs> I mean, the, the movie in Suicide Squad makes, wants you to think that uh, uh, Joker is getting jealous of Deadshot, but there's no actual connection between the two of them at all. <laughs> yeah, the, sh the two of them do not share anything. Yeah. Uh, the, God, I'm trying to think of the order of things that happen here, because it's, it's a bunch just... of fucking people betraying each other in hallways. Yes. For the middle 40 minutes. It is, mostly people are like, Oh, I'm going to be sent out to go do a thing. And when I do that, I will reveal that I'm actually working against you. Yeah. So the queen fucks off and goes to the armory because the armory is where they are keeping death's scythe. And death needs that for a ritual that he wants to do. Yeah. They have the death scythe and the death scythe hell there. What? It's a Gundam wing reference. Don't worry, a lot of nerds will be really excited. Great. I, I have never seen any Gundam anything, mm -hmm. and I never will, because it's for nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a cool guy that has sex. You make a living off writing b uh, cocktail books about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> for sex havers. <laughs> you know what? That's good. That we'll start, we should start insisting they add that to the... <laughs> That's the byline of all of our the books. The Dungeon Meister, Guide for Sex-Having Cool Guys. I mean, you could also write one that is that, but I would also be fine with like the second printing of the coloring book being like, Dungeon Meister Coloring Book for Sex-Havers. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Uh, the... <laughs> God damn it. So she goes off and does that. That will be 
basically unresolved for about 20 minutes as she just stands in a room and that we don't care about it yeah that's death or that's fucking the witch no, or, or, that's about, the Red Queen. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Red Queen, Queen of Hearts just goes into yeah, the fucking the armory. armory and is there for 20 minutes because we have to resolve everyone else's betrayal. Yeah, she fucks off. And this. And meanwhile, the whole time Alice is using the terrible intercom system to be like, I will kill you eventually because you've got that bracelet on. Please come back or you will die. And she's just like, no, 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 I don't want to. Great. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin, of course, is like, you can't just blow her up because she's in the armory. You know how fucked up things got when the magic mirror broke and Death Scythe is a ridiculously powerful artifact and we have no idea what would happen if that blew up. Yeah. So maybe don't blow her up when she's right next to it. One thing that might be kind of important, there's a point where Alice sends Rumpelstiltskin to go interact with Red Queen and try and bring her back into the fold as well as get the Death Scythe out of the armory. So she's like, you have 10 minutes to go do that or else I'm just going to kill the two of you with your with your bracelets. Sure, fine. This is the point where Death shows up to confront Rumpelstiltskin, which is really good because the movie has been about an hour at this point and Death's been the bad guy the whole time and we have never known why. Yeah, he's just like, oh, Death wants Rumpelstiltskin. Why? He won't say, no one will say. Rumpelstiltskin doesn't even know. He's just like, oh yeah, Death is angry at me. And I'm like, why would Death give a fuck about you? Or anything. What does he want? And it turns out, this is the, the big reveal of the movie that happens towards the end and genuinely does not matter. Uh, Death is bored and tired of being in hell because he thinks everything there sucks. He doesn't want the underworld anymore. He can take over corpses, but they rot eventually. And so he never really gets to live a fun life up here on the surface world. So there's a yeah, different... We establish, as in the movie... Every time he possesses one of his cultists, mm -hmm. they end up disintegrating after a couple minutes. Yes. So he knows something special about Rumpelstiltskin. For whatever reason, we never get a, a reason for this, Rumpelstiltskin is special, and if he's taken over by death, he won't disintegrate and instead will last forever. Yeah, because death is just like, oh, unlike a lot of these other plebes, you've held true power, which means your body can handle death's essence and won't just disintegrate so if i possess you then i can stay up here forever but if all it takes is superpowers then just go get fucking bluebeard or or, or uh big bad wolf at least they don't have nasty gross teeth and are terrible little weasel man well i mean I big mean, bad wolf does have got, grassy, nasty growth teeth he's got giant gross teeth but they're not nasty they're clean and pearly white because they are obviously spirit halloween fakes yes and bluebeard uh has a blue beard i guess does i i mean i think that's the thing is he's like they don't have actual power like the ability to kill people with knives real good or being strong is not power enough whereas you had actual super magic power yeah so, he so basically, you're a good vessel so he's there to offer rumpelstiltskin a deal and that's what he's been wanting the whole time actually isn't to kill rumpelstiltskin but rather to say hey Switch places with me. I will give you full control of the underworld. You'll be immortal, but you'll rule in hell. And I will instead have an immortal life in your body up here on the surface world, which is something I'm actually interested in. Yeah, I want to be able to take over this realm and you can have the underworld. I'll still be in charge because I'll still be death, but you can run the underworld. That's fine. You'll have a little petty kingdom of your own and then I'll rule everything else and you can just sort of be my number two. Yeah. Which is good enough for Rumpelstiltskin, or, or, or Rumpy, as we call him. <laughs> as, as he is known to the Queen of Hearts, yeah. Rumpy. Yeah. So he goes off to the armory to continue to confront uh, the Red Queen and be like, hey, 
here's the deal. And she has found that little vial of, there's a vial of leftover smashed mirror in there. So he's like, oh, I do want that. And she's like, uh-uh, not until you tell me the things I want to hear that we'll be together and that you love me and so on. And she's like dumping it on the floor and like trying to piss him off. Eventually, he manages to win her over, gets close to her and kills her. Yeah, just stabs her with a knife, takes the vial and fucks off. And uh, then uh, Alice blows her up. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's what happened. It's uh, Hey, the, the uh, scythe is out of that room. You can blow her up now. Yes. And she blows up, takes some cultists, whatever. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile... Let's see. Uh, Tweedledum, the surviving Tweedle brother, gets shot to death, saving Piper. Yeah, the two of them are having a long hug because Piper said a nice thing about the already dead Tweedledee. Yeah, because Piper had a whole bit where he couldn't tell them apart. And so he's like, hey, I'm sorry I'm, I was such an asshole to you. I'm sure losing your brother sucked. One of my favorite little bits in this is that Alice talks with a hilariously bad arch-British accent uh-huh. throughout the film. And they, the Tweedledum actor, or Tweedledee slash Tweedledum actor, cannot do that, and instead just appends mo- mum to the ends of most of his sentences, so it sounds like he's at least doing something. <laughs> he's trying. So God bless like, his heart. He'll be like, yes, mum. Contra-wise, mum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, don't do that. <laughs> but he gets killed by cultists, um, and then I, I, Piper kills them off again with, with a gun, because he only uses the blowpipe pipe thing for one scene, and yeah. I don't even think he hits. No, in that one, I think it's the the Red Queen actually shows up and makes the cultists kill themselves. Yes. But he gets captured by Carabas and taken to uh, the main holding cell part of this warehouse that they're filming in. But because the Red Queen got blown up, her psychic... Uh, instructions to Bluebeard ends to be a good boy. So Bluebeard stops being on their side and turns evil and uh, stabs the big bad wolf and fucks off. Mm -hmm. And then now this, this creates a corollary. The big bad wolf, because he's been stabbed, goes into what is supposed to be a berserker rage that he can't come out of? Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm going to lose myself to the rage. But you need to run. But he doesn't. And eventually she fixes it by kissing him. Well, yeah, because he is the whole analog. Yeah, because Goldie's there. And so she's just like, hey, I, you need to trust me, big guy. And I'm going to calm you down. And then kisses him and slaps him. And is like, okay, are we good? And he's like, yes. Yes. Because we don't really have time for anything else. So... Our final climactic scene here is basically Carabas has some candles around the body of Piper. We have Bluebeard uh, trying to murder pretty much anyone, but specifically he wants Goldie because he's sort of marked her as his target. Yes, he's mad that he she, she beat him earlier in the acquisition of him fight. Yes. So he's still really mad about that. Uh, but... Big Bad Wolf is going to be the one sort of defending her. Mm-hmm. We have various cultists who, as they die, will come back as death. And he just monologues and wanders around. Yep. We have the Alice gets thrown into a prison cell. She throws herself in there. Yeah, because, to save herself from Bluebeard. Yeah, because Bluebeard has death scythe for a short while. Uh, We have fucking Rumpelstiltskin is there. Doing whatever, doing whatever the fuck until the end of the movie where he ends up 
getting the little mask off and then crushing that magic mirror in his hand so yeah. he gets some of his juice back. When Bluebeard shows up, he stabs Piper through the back and it looks like he's going to die, but instead he just lies on the floor throughout most of this scene. Well, yeah, he's just there because he got stabbed earlier. He's yeah. there on the floor Bleeding from Carabas. And Carabas is looming over him and being like, you're going to be the ritual that I'm going to do to make death's yeah, transfer. You're part of the ritual. So he he spends most of his time telling death that she's delu- or Carabas that she's delusional and that death is just not that into her. Yeah. And then that doesn't matter or come to anything. No. Uh, she ends up eventually. Also, the Mad Hatter is there. Oh, yeah. The Mad Hatter. Should mention his one scene. Christ. They get the Mad Hatter in here and they're like, ha ha. He is on drugs. And yeah. we give him drugs and he takes a bad trip to the underworld so he can figure out what's going on. Yeah. And he's basically he's playing the Mad Hatter as if he was a permanent stoner who's dropping acid and so on. Um, and but he's again bad british accent calls alice mum uh and they use him at one point to do this vision of the underworld and then he's just also there right through the end of the movie just sort of lying in a cell and saying things like it's gonna be bad he's just yeah he just sits in a cell and occasionally during the fight scenes you'll just see him sitting there and i'm like all right that's good that's i do like that that's his deal yeah he's not really part of this Mm -hmm. uh the end fight with Bluebeard and Big Bad Wolf and Goldilocks. Bluebeard essentially ends up getting the best of Big Bad Wolf, almost kills Goldilocks before the wolf like jumps in the way of a dagger that is thrown at her. Oh, I remember that now. That that I have seen that. That that happened before it cut out entirely. So he goes down. Uh Rumpelstiltskin goes over to Alice and is like, hey, and whispers stuff in his ear as his eyes glow purple, and he's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, blink twice if you accept the deal, because that's what she was saying to him when he was muzzled. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, Goldie yells no about this. Don't do it! Don't make a deal! You're like, he has his powers back. She doesn't have a choice. I don't yeah, know why she, you're saying that. Mind control is happening, There's, th- th- so it doesn't matter. But he goes over, Carabas stabs... Uh, Piper with the scythe while wearing Death's cloak, which allows Death to possess her. And then she's like, all right, Rumpelstiltskin, let's make our deal. And he's like, all right, so all that's going to happen is as soon as we shake hands, I get the underworld and you get my body. And he's like, yep. So as soon as they shake hands, Alice presses the button to detonate the bomb on his wrist. Carabas and Rumpelstiltskin blow up. Uh Uh-huh. And then Piper stands back up and the big bad wolf stand back up and they're both alive and fine. And there's a big happy ending and they're like, yay, we won. We're a team. Okay. And it turns out the reason that happened is because Rumpelstiltskin is the Lord of the Underworld and sent them back. And he's like, there you go. That's a freebie. That's that's goodwill on my part. So he got his end of the deal, even though they did kill death. Yeah. And he comes back as a cultist, except now it's. The guy who plays Rumpelstiltskin in a cultist outfit. Sure. And he's like, well, I hope that this will solve things between us. And now you maybe you can form your own sinister squad. I'm mm. like, Jesus Ugh. fucking Christ. Uh, just go hang out with the Red Queen in the underworld. God damn. And he does. Uh, good. In the last shot of this movie is him kissing the Queen of Hearts in the underworld. Okay. Well, I'm glad there's a bow on that. Yep. But he doesn't send back Tweedledee and Tweedledum, does he? No, he does not. (laughs) 
Because fuck those guys. Oh, actually, no. He does. He does send back Tweedledum, but they did not decide to be like, oh, we should have the whole doubling thing where we show both of them even though it's one character. Yeah. So he just lets one of them come back. Oh, okay. Fair. But yes, he does have one of them step in from off screen. (laughs) You're like, all right, sure. Okay, fair. All right. Yeah, I could not see the ending because Freevee, which is the one of the uh, various streaming services that are run through Amazon, they have like their weird little network of streaming services, was the only thing I could watch this on. And about 15 minutes from the end of the movie, it started saying, up next, uh, season one, episode three of a show called The Prophet. Huh. Um, and I was like, I don't want to watch that. And I don't know why you're showing me the third episode of it either, because I'm sure I have never watched that. Yep. Um, and then it would just automatically start it within six seconds of that thing showing up. And so I went back and had to watch or get the whole movie again and skip to that section. And then within a minute, it was like, coming up next, The Prophet. And I was like, this time I'm ready for you, little piece of shit. Where's the button that says no? There isn't one. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, because I had the same thing, only mine started when the credits started, but it was a... Coming up next, you're going to watch some episode of this show, and there is no button, because I even paused. I was like, pause, and it pauses the countdown for the coming up next, but then I looked around, and I was like, oh, there is no fuck you, don't do that button. It's yeah. just going to happen. It's just, they're just, you're watching that fucking show, and I, I did it, I think, six times, each time getting about 30 seconds closer to the ending, which was a good 10 minutes away still, and I was like, you know what? John can explain it. Fuck this. Yeah, considering the ending is just, oh, uh, Rumpelstiltskin is now the god of the underworld, and we get a big happy ending where he sends everyone back to life except for Tweedledee. Okay, so, sure. good, fine, whatever. Yeah, and that is... Any post credit sequence where they set up another one? How would I know? That's I couldn't true. watch That's that. True. I had to go watch some show. You didn't want to skip through 30 <laughs> seconds of the credits at a time? No. All right. I mean, there is, the thing is, there is a, like I said, the sequel to the Avengers Grimm, Avengers Grimm Time Wars, where Rumpelstiltskin is the villain, which is weird, given that he is the Lord of Hell now. Well, I, that's a perfectly functional villain. It doesn't really match up with the whole Time Wars part of things. They but- have to go, f- apparently he's jumping through time and they have to go find him that way. Also, uh, Alice from this movie is in that movie. Yeah, that makes sense. And is the only recurring uh, actor, because Rumpelstiltskin is in all three of these movies, played by a different person in each one. They got Casper Van Dien for the first Avengers Grimm. Yeah, we got a Johnny Ray Diaz. Similar in shortened, or or, uh, three names with a short middle one. And yet, he is not Enrico's Roughnecks. No. What you basically get from Johnny Ray Diaz is, oh wow, it's like they made an extra Johnny Lee Miller and gave him a similar enough name. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. We've, we've got that at home. <laughs> we have Johnny Lee Miller at home. Oh, not enough. Just just enough. He's in that, like, Sherlock show, isn't he? Isn't he one of those, or has it already been canceled? Man, I don't know. There are too many Sherlock shows for me to give a fuck about any of them. I think he's in... Is he the one who's in Elementary with uh, Lucy Liu or whatever? I could not possibly tell you. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, there you go. That's Sinister Squad for you. Let's go ahead and get into our bests and worsts. <laughs> Jeff, you want to start with the worst so you have more time to think of something positive to say about this? I, that's way harder, honestly, because everything in this movie is bad. But what was my least favorite thing? Um, I mean, I, I'm going to discount the shit that this is my viewing experience because I cannot 
in good conscience. Yeah, because that wasn't for mine. That it's, was just a fuck up on not, your end. It's not the fault of Asylum Pictures that I couldn't understand. I, it is their fault I couldn't understand anyone. I mean, I, I could understand I, them. I desperately wanted closed captions because I couldn't. Anytime they were on like uh, Karabaz, or not Karabaz. I keep wanting to call him Karabaz because he reminds me of the Marquis de Karabaz <laughs> uh, from Neverwhere and shit. But uh, uh, Bluebeard is talking in a hushed whisper, so I can't understand him. Huh. And uh, I, I had a hard time with Big Bad Wolf because he's got a mouthful of fakey ass teeth. And the same thing for uh, Carabas, who's got a big mouthful of teeth and kind of over them all the time. Yep. Uh, and also, Alice's lines are about two thirds delivered via shitty intercom. Huh. So them aside, I can understand people. So I, I don't know. I, I guess my least favorite thing is just that none of the characters make any fucking sense. Like you have two mind controllers and neither of, the, neither of them are people who can control minds in the story they're from. Yep. How about that? Is that good enough? That's fine. Okay, what's yours? Uh, God, I mean, that's pretty close. Yeah. I think, honestly, the worst thing for me, and that's saying something because this is terrible. Everything's bad. Is the Red Queen herself showing up? Because when the Queen of Hearts shows up, we're like 35, 40 minutes into this movie, and they're like, you need to go talk to the Queen of Hearts. I'm like, what? You have not established that as a character that is here. You never say how she's here, why she's here. You're just like, anyway, the Queen of Hearts is in the other room and you need to convince her to join us out of fucking nowhere. Right. It just feels real weird. Right. And plus, you still, you, you like we were saying earlier, you get all this weird shit when the fact that the Queen of Hearts is here because, like, she's from Wonderland. How did we get her? How how come she doesn't have a relationship with Alice? How come she has Tweedledee and Tweedledum and the Mad Hatter, though? Where the fuck did she... Are they from this world or from the, from Wonderland that she went to? I mean, they're from Wonderland. Why do they work for her? What is going on? Why would you do that? It just created questions and didn't help anything. It's, it is wild, and her inclusion here is so out of left field and makes no sense in a movie that's already just internally bad at doing things. That is the most, like, no, you have to give me at least a couple sentences here. Yeah. Explain something. Yeah. Uh, what's the best thing in Sinister Squad? It's probably that the hand-painted uh, white rabbit made out of a uh, a, a, a Colonel Sanders bobblehead, <laughs> which I, I found at least charming. I also have a soft spot for the part where Alice needs to interrogate um, Rumpelstiltskin, who's lying on the floor. But Alice has been costumed in the shortiest of skirts. And there's a scene where it takes her a good 90 seconds to get into a kneeling posture so that she doesn't accidentally reveal anything. Uh. And it's very funny watching her like awkwardly hold herself against the wall and then the bench and carefully keep her legs like, eh, I gotta, okay, eh, gotta do, okay, hang on. Can you guys like cut to where I'm in a kneeling position? No. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. We're not wasting any of this. But that's a runner up. The best thing is definitely that fucking hand painted uh, white rabbit bobblehead. It's cleverly done and it was cute. Great. So a little toy. This is the best thing in this movie. What would you say is the best? Honestly, the guy who plays Death, because it's just, you know, the same cultist over and oh, over. Yeah. So He's it like is just slug shit. It's just one guy. Yeah. He is, I think, the only person in this doing every any level of acting that I was like, oh, I don't hate you. Every time he showed up, he was just like, hey man, I'm just I'm fucking trying to make a deal. Will you everyone else is up their own ass with drama and he's like please just make a deal with me i'm so bored the only other one i think it was okay might have been piper because maybe because he mostly just runs around and shoots dudes he doesn't really have a lot of melodrama he gets into or anything uh but he doesn't do anything where at least death has like a point to him oh i do need to also mention for a worst thing runner-up for some reason 
the only person in this entire movie that gets sound effects is Rumpelstiltskin, yes. who gets boings. like boings and slide whistles and yeah. Whenever he like waggles his eyebrows or sits down weird, we get a fucking foley artist running on stage out of nowhere. But at least they commit to the bit because there's parts where he's doing something super dramatic and like dr- like. Like, he'll point at someone, like, accusatorily in a very deadly and serious scene, and he'll go, whoosh, boing, 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 and you're like, oh, so he can't stop that. <laughs> yeah, he can't not have these goofy sound effects. Yeah. But it's only him, yeah. which is wild. Yeah. It's a character trait. I I honestly wanted to cite that as one of the things I kind of liked, was at least, they never explain it, <laughs> and it's like, at least they don't do it for everyone, so there's probably some kind of reason why they thought that was important. I really want to know, when he becomes the Lord of Hell and the big super bad guy, is he still doing that in the next one? Uh, I would only have liked it if it had been, like, diegetic, like, part of it. Everyone... When he like, points what? and it does, along, they went, hey, why, why does that sound happen when oh, you do that? What was that? Don't hey, worry waggle about your it. eyebrows real quick. We, 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 why is that happening? Yeah, don't worry about it. It's, uh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's my waning magic. That's all I can do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are going to rate the movie. We will each give it a score from zero to five to give it a total rating out of 10. Jeff. Point five. Fuck you, movie. Ha <laughs> ha. Excellent. I wish I, I wish I hadn't watched this dumb bullshit. There was a point where I checked it, where I was like, this has got to be over soon. They've been betraying each other in hallways for 40 minutes. we got to be coming near the end. And I checked, and I was less than halfway through. I sent John a message. was like, by God, I hope this has 45 minutes of credits. <laughs> uh, Fuck this thing. Yeah. You? Uh, I'll give it a one. Sure. It's, I mean, it's awful, but it does not offend me in the same way as it does you. As someone who is like, I love shitty bad movies, you hate this type of shitty bad that's movie. true yes yeah i love shitty bad movies and i seek them out and watch them whenever possible um but, but you like your shitty bad movies to be inscrutably bad well yeah okay i'll tell you what this is i like shitty bad movies that have a vibe or a flavor or an effect to them that 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 reward the watcher for at least being like oh th- this is shitty for an interesting reason like for me watching a movie like <laughs> uh, like uh animal soccer world has a weird foreign weird cheap german vibe to it this is if if that's a rice vine because it's a nice german product this is box wine i mean i have that same thing where i'm like watching something like sir billy which is god awful yes but awful in a way that makes you feel like you're going insane yes or this ready is fro7 yeah this however watching it you're like oh this just feels cheap and bad yes like, I don't feel weird because I'm not in on it. I feel weird because I'm definitely watching something that no one cared about. Like, you can tell. There's a reason, because I'm also a connoisseur of, like, YouTube and other podcasts that do bad movies. There's a reason they don't bother with Asylum. You never see Asylum on Red Letter Media unless it's part of a montage or something. And it's because there's not much to talk about. It's boring. It's not even, it doesn't even have the decency to be weird. No. It is as low budget as you can get. Yeah. People talking in a warehouse. Yeah. So there you go. 1.5 out of 10, which is basically what this deserves. It sucks real bad. All the Asylum movies suck real bad. Eh. Blech. Just fuck them. They're never worth it. If you see that fucking Transmorphers Dark of the Sun cover or whatever, and you're like, oh, I could laugh at something stupid for an hour and a half. You won't. No. The most you'll be like, you'll be like, oh, is that Lorenzo Lamas? He looks terrible. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, that'll be as far as you go. But thank you so much for joining us on our journey through this shitty movie. 
we will have more content for you. And if you don't want to wait for the next episode, you can support the show and get even more if you head on over to Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery. You can get all of our bonus content over there. If you join us at $10 a month, that will unlock everything we do. Yep. You'll get our TV mastery where we're still in the early stages of our latest season looking at superhero comic adaptations on TV. We've had a lot of movie mastery interruptions, so we're hoping to stay on track for a while. And uh, we've got our expanded expounded universe where we go through wikipedia for star wars stuff our bonus content for system mastery where we make characters and the games are reviewed it's a whole bunch of stuff plus, plus you get you get the ad free versions of the show and you get the special colors and room access on our discord it's a great deal why not consider it yeah and if you can't do that for any kind of reason we get it just go rate and review us on itunes and stitcher be a pal yeah go go give us a five star somewhere well, i don't know buy our books <laughs> buy my book buy my book or don't i don't care Mm -hmm. i ain't your dad or am i (laughs) thank you so much for joining us we will be back in another couple weeks with more movie mastery and until then you all have a good one